Time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by DraftKings. That is where you should play your DFS or DraftKings Sportsbook, where you should place your bets by listening to the Even Money Podcast. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, you know this, at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. This is the show that's so nice, we do it twice because we like to have these podcasts be around 30 minutes. We like them to be bite-sized. We don't want to have these gargantuan podcasts for you. So we drop this Thursday after midnight. It's in your podcast app by the time you wake up. Fantasypoints.com is where you use the code 22FEAST. And get the content from Joe Dolan and the boys at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, we dive into it with the Raiders and the Broncos. Yuck and gross. Oh, disgusting. Horrendous. Brutal. Uh, don't know yet about Jerry Judy. Um, that The language they used around that injury was so bizarre. Oh, it's behind his ankle. I was like, well, what's behind my ankle? My Achilles. Oh, it's not an Achilles. All right, then what is it? What the hell's hiding in there? Uh, Our Dr. Edwin Porras thought it was maybe a calf strain or a perineal tendon strain. Whatever the case, they're calling Jerry Judy day-to-day. We don't know about him. But let's just put it this way. I know Russell Wilson was talking him up. I am not running to the waiver wire to pick up Kendall Hinton. Though the Raiders have given up a lot of production to slot receivers this year. So, um, uh, and... They did it again last week, by the way, uh, giving up a lot of production to Paris Campbell. So uh, I, I think Kendall Hinton is more of a DFS guy if Jerry Judy can't play than anything else. That's just a, a, a note there on Jerry Judy. The Broncos put another offensive lineman on IR, Billy Turner, the right tackle. Fortunately for them, they're getting Tom Compton back this week to help offset that loss. But really, I saw a stat tweeted by a Broncos beat writer. And this is just speaking to how god-awful this offense is. If the Broncos scored exactly 18 points in every game this year, they would be 8-1. They're 3-6. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. And Russell Wilson, by the way, missed missed, uh, Greg Dulcich on a – I'm going to figure out how to say that kid's name at some point. Dulcich. Dulcich. He missed him on like what would have been like a 60-yard touchdown just overthrew him. So Russell Wilson's still not playing well. This team can't run the ball. They didn't try to run the ball. Um, and Cortland Sutton, he's really the only guy. Him and Dulcich are really the only guys I, I really like from uh, from the Broncos offense, unless you're playing DFS and Kendall Hinton gets the start and he's going to be basically min-price against a slot funnel defense here. What about... The Raiders. Well, do you like watching cornerback and wide receiver battles, Ross? I know you're you're a trenches guy, but can you appreciate a good corner wide receiver battle? Of course. Because you're about to get one. Potentially the best receiver in the league, Devontae Adams, will show down with the best corner in the league for the second time this year. On the season, Patrick Sertan, he's allowed just 21 receptions and 178 receiving yards in his primary coverage. He's given up just 38.8 PPR fantasy points on the season. 
has Patrick Sertan. These two matched up in week four. Adams accounted for five receptions, 54 receiving yards, and 10.4 fantasy points in Sertan's primary coverage. So basically 24% of the receptions Sertan's allowed, 30% of the receiving yards he's allowed, and 27% of the fantasy points Sertan has allowed all came from Devontae Adams. Adams and DK Metcalf are the only two receivers to catch more than two balls on Patrick Sertan all year. And over the past five weeks, Sertan has allowed just .04 fantasy points per coverage snap, second lowest among all NFL cornerbacks. So think about that. .04 fantasy points per coverage snap. That means if you line up, the average receiver lines up over Patrick Sertan 25 times, it takes him 25 snaps to reach one fantasy point. One! Of course, Devontae Adams is not any receiver. Meanwhile, the Raiders finally got uh, uh, Josh Jacobs going again last week. He got in the end zone for the first time since his three-touchdown torching of the Texans in Week 7. And the Raiders are obviously going to have to lean on him more following uh, putting Renfro and, and Waller on IR. The Broncos did shut down Derrick Henry last week. And then given the fact that they'll shadow Patrick Sertan with Devontae Adams, probably isn't looking great for Josh Jacobs. The Raiders have no choice but to give him the football, though. Joe, I know what I'll be watching at 425 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be watching the Cowboys and the Vikings. Um, I may be doing it via Sling TV. Because thankfully, you can get the TV you love for a price you love, thanks to our friends at Sling TV. So sick of all the high prices, endless contracts. Not Sling. It's the most valuable option when it comes to finding your favorite channels with the best deal for sports, news, entertainment. Watch every touchdown live every Sunday afternoon with NFL Red Zone on Sling. Limited time, but you can get Sling Blue and add on Sports Extra with NFL Red Zone for half off your first month. Regular 46, now only 23. So you get the best deal on NFL Red Zone so you can catch all the touchdowns at the lowest price with Sling TV. Visit sling.com slash DraftKings when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply to sign up today. Joe, let's talk about those Cowboys and Vikings. Might be interested to learn here, Ross, that the Cowboys are favored in this game. Point and a half favorites, 47 and a half being the total in this game. So that that's interesting right off the bat. The Vikings are coming off a hugely emotional win, uh, obviously, against the, uh, against the, the, the Bills. So I'm just really fascinated overall by this particular um, – matchup in general minnesota by the way uh it features in our worst matchups um by matchup score in both run and pass here on the offensive line so minnesota not expected offensive line not expected to open a ton of rushing lanes for dalvin cook meanwhile dallas is passing uh, uh pass rush gets to everybody um kirk cousins i thought 
engineered a comeback very well last week. He was pressured on over 40% of his dropbacks against the Bills and was sacked four times. Still managed to engineer the comeback. So good job by Kirk Cousins. But Minnesota, again, last week I talked about them. They are the same team every week with one new caveat. They have TJ Hawkinson. They continue to be the same team every week just with TJ Hawkinson. I don't know how you sit any of their main players. You just got to acknowledge that there's a chance that one of them doesn't come through now because now they have TJ Hawkinson added to the mix. Cowboys on offense. I, are they getting Zeke back? Does it make a difference? Uh, I mean, I think it probably does make a difference because they seem intent on using him, but Tony Pollard has been just outstanding without Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup. I mean, 25 more touches, 128 more yards, and a rushing touchdown against the Packers. CeeDee Lamb goes for 11 for 150 and 2 against Green Bay. And lost in Justin Jefferson's huge game last week is the fact that Stephon Diggs caught 12 passes against the uh, against the Vikings. Gabe Davis went for six for 93 and a touchdown, though. Yes, I know. They should have reviewed the one. So Minnesota was exploitable on the perimeter. I think this is going to be a potentially high-scoring game. It's 47 and a half. Um, It is the second highest number on the Sunday slate, um, on the the overall slate, quite frankly. Um, And uh, it's the highest total on the DraftKings main slate because Kansas City and the Chargers is Sunday night. So... I think you start your Cowboys and you start your Vikings in this game. Um, I have been disappointed, though, by Michael Gallup, who just is not giving the Cowboys enough. Uh, Wide receiver uh, remains a huge need for the Cowboys. do wonder if Odell Beckham will be making his appearance in in, uh, Dallas. Bengals are at the Steelers. Bengals off a bye. The Steelers kind of got their run game going a little bit. Joe, I actually saw Najee Harris. Looked have a, a long I feel like both of his long runs he got master blasted on it I still think Jalen Warren's more productive yeah, well that's the funniest part Najee Harris almost ran for 100 yards in this game but he didn't catch a pass so despite Najee having the best game he's had all season really from a from a aesthetic standpoint not from a fantasy standpoint but but just from pure aesthetics Jalen Warren actually outscored him for fantasy purposes because of the production in the passing game so I think both of those guys are kind of RB2 flex options right now. Um, you might not have a choice but to play them as RB2s this week with uh, the four teams that we have on bye this week. It's a brutal bye week, Ross. I didn't mention that. Um, I, I didn't mention that on yesterday's podcast. But with the Jaguars, the Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Dolphins on bye, that's a lot of key fantasy players that people will not have this week. So you might have no choice but to play uh, Jalen Warren as kind of your RB2. Uh, Pittsburgh getting four in this game. 41 is the total. So they, they're not expecting a lot of points. Um, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, both kind of wide receiver threes right now. Uh, and and I love Pat Fryermuth. I But the production wasn't there last week. But I do love Pat Fryermuth. And with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard going down, I don't, I don't think there's any question that Fryermuth's an every week tight end one. Based on his projected usage, he had seven targets last week uh, against the Saints. What is there to be said about the Bengals this week? So, um, number one, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, there was a little report today that he thinks Jamar Chase has a chance to be back in week 12 against the Titans. That's great news. Remember, they didn't put him on IR. Um, I will throw this out there because it's interesting. According to offensive and defensive line mismatches by Fantasy Points data, the Bengals have the biggest positive mismatch in the passing game. 
which might surprise some people. Um, now, that's good news for the Bengals because their pass rate over expectation has absolutely skyrocketed. They're throwing the ball, I mean, basically on every down. Now, on the flip side, Pittsburgh's quarterback pressure rate, which has been atrocious, is not representative of the Pittsburgh defense Joe Burrow is going to face this week. T.J. Watt is back, and that makes a massive difference for the Steelers. It goes without saying. Pressure, Pittsburgh's pressure rate in Week 10 with Watt back was their biggest since week four. So that's a long gap. And it certainly makes me remember that the Steelers, who have not been pressuring quarterbacks at all since Watt went down, they sacked Joe Burrow seven times in week one. So what's going to give here for, I I think the Bengals offense is going to get on track. That is my read. Um, I, I think they had the bad game against the Browns a couple of weeks ago. I understand that. Um, but I do think the Bengals are going to get, uh, are going to answer for their sins in their week one loss to the Steelers. I, that's a gut feeling for me this week. I'm going to be in LA, Joe. Have for, fun, Ross. Yeah, not very long. I've got the army Yukon game and I fly out to LA. Then I do chiefs chargers and I fly right back. Um, and I probably at least one way, maybe both ways have some Labatt blue light. Cause there's really no better way to watch any team, any football, be on a plane, anything, than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in hand. Stock up. Be the MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy it responsibly, of course. Beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. My go-to light beer. Big fan Darius Tony, Joe, he's a thing. I think he's a thing. I think he is too. And here's the the thing about Kadarius Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster, the uh, just horrifying looking hit that he took to the head. It's his fourth documented concussion and third in the last five years. Um, I would not anticipate Juju Smith-Schuster playing this week. Again, I, I know the concussion process is not linear, but if Juju doesn't play, I think Kadarius Tony is going to be a big-time fantasy option for the Steelers. And maybe even if he does play, I think he could be a big-time fantasy option for the Steelers. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling just had, like, his first good game in a long time with them. Sky Moore hasn't done anything this year. Nicole Hardman's still dealing with an abdominal injury. So there's a couple of things that you got to look at here with the Chiefs. But Kadarius Tony, I know this is on a Thursday. He should be rostered in basically all leagues right now. Uh, they traded a lot for him. He comes in. He instantly makes plays. I like Darius Tony this week quite a bit against the uh, Chargers on the highest projected total of the entire week uh, 12 slate at 50 and a half. Now, here's the other thing. According, uh, I mean, the Chargers run defense has been a disaster. It's been horrible all year. And they suffered two more defensive line injuries to Atito Agbania and Christian Covington, who are both probably out for the season. The Chiefs effectively benched Clyde Edwards-Alaire last week. He, had, he, he played four snaps. He ran three routes. He got two targets. He didn't catch either one of them. He didn't even have a carry. So he didn't, he didn't touch the ball. Meanwhile, Isaiah Pacheco got 16 carries. And now here's the issue for Pacheco. He needs to score to make it worthwhile for him because he has three catches on the year. That being said, the Chargers are a run defense you can score against. Pacheco hasn't scored since week one, but I think he could be staring down his first career 100-yard game in this one. 
Um, Isaiah Pacheco, 100 yards and a touchdown. I think it's in the cards this week against the L.A. Chargers. It sounds like Keenan Allen might be back Sunday night. Jeff. Yeah, and um, and Mike Williams, they did the whole thing on the broadcast last Sunday night um, about how he was getting ready. Now, we didn't see him running. We saw him stretching and doing tumbles and all kinds of stuff. But uh, Mike Williams is angling to play. Obviously, until we get that information, it's really hard to project and handicap the Chargers from a fantasy perspective because Gerald Everett is also dealing with a groin injury. So right now, the only guy I can tell you with any confidence to play, well, Justin Herbert, because this total's so high, but also Austin Eckler. So keep an eye on the statuses of the receivers. Keep an eye on the status of Everett, because without me knowing uh, about Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, really hard to get a gauge on this. Of course, if they go, hard to sit them in a game in which 51 projected points are expected to be scored. Joe, do you have a decent feel yet for the Niners with McCaffrey and what to expect? Well, here's the thing about McCaffrey. Um, first and foremost, against that Charger run defense, <laughs> uh, and I have all my McCaffrey over props, seeing him work behind Elijah Mitchell was pretty tilting the other night. Uh, now, I can't I mean, Mil- Mitchell ran better than McCaffrey did. Uh, There's no doubt about that. Um, look. Here's the thing about McCaffrey. He still ran a route on like 70% of of Jimmy Garoppolo's dropbacks. That was fourth most among running backs in week uh, 10. And look, that that's where the, 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 the bread is going to be buttered for McCaffrey for fantasy. It's in the passing game. Elijah Mitchell did get more work than I anticipated. But, you know, McCaffrey, as long as he is playing and an Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara-style role, he's still a top fantasy option. Um, It just gives the 49ers a little bit more uh, juice, a little bit more um, uh, uncertainty on what they're going to do. And then, of course, it does drag down the rest of the offense, though, because Jimmy Garoppolo is not somebody that they want dropping back 50 times the way the Chiefs want Patrick Mahomes dropping back 50 times. So it's going to take away uh, from guys like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, both of whom did not come through from a fantasy perspective. Brandon Ayuk came through, but is this the week that Kittle comes through and Ayuk doesn't? So that's the that's the thing about the 49ers. McCaffrey was an, uh, was an addition that made them a lot harder to defend. The problem is it made them a lot harder to suss out from a fantasy perspective. He's going to get his. McCaffrey will, whether it's on the ground or through the air. He did last week. Do I? Am I confident in saying that for the for the other guys on this roster? No, unfortunately, I'm not. The Cardinals' offense. I know this is wild. It looked better with Colt McCoy, Joe. Um, he yeah, gets it, rid of the ball on time, gets the ball out. There were a bunch of drops. His numbers could have been even better. Hopkins, yeah. Rondell Moore, they dropped a bunch of balls. Funny you mentioned that he gets the ball out um, because his average time to throw of 1.9 seconds in week 10 was by far the lowest in the NFL. He just came out there, boop, 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 distribute. Doesn't have to be hard. Doesn't have to be hard. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, he's playing, they're playing the, the, the proper roles now. Rondell Moore is in every week like wide receiver two with the role that he has right now in the slot primarily. How about the Cardinals shockingly releasing Eno Benjamin, who probably was upset that he didn't play, and they're like, all right, see ya. He lands with Houston. Um, James Conner, though, we've got the Cardinals as the second worst run grade 
offensive line defensive line matchup of the entire week uh behind just the patriots who i talked about on yesterday's podcast connor scored twice despite last week in true james connor fashion averaging just 3.3 yards per carry while getting less than a yard before contact he'll likely need touchdowns to produce against the 49ers james connor did score four times against the 49ers in 2021 but of course the big decision for fantasy is does kyler murray play on monday night if this comes down to a game time decision, you're going to have to pick somebody else up. Check him out on social at FG underscore Dolan. He is the man. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker pod. Remember what I said on episode one, giving away free Madden codes, just rate and review the show and send it to me or go ahead and subscribe at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or take advantage of one of these awesome sponsor codes. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.